the Blaze Radio Network. On demand. You're listening to Pure Opelka. This is Pure Opelka. With Mike Opelka. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Can it really be Wednesday? Is the sun shining? Well, it is here in the Northeast. It's not quite so much in uh, the Houston and Beaumont and um, New Orleans area. Hello, my friends. Welcome to Pure Opelka. Welcome to the middle of the week. It's a Wellness Wednesday. Yes, we have Dr. Jorge coming up in about an hour. And uh, there are some very interesting health items and especially something that you people who drink the coffee are going to want to hear about. I don't drink the coffee. I used to drink the coffee. I drink the tea now, mostly hot tea. But I just don't uh, drink coffee anymore. I, um, I had a bad, <laughs> a bad experience with coffee during my uh, unsupervised years. So I'm, I'm a tea drinker, and I love tea. But there's something about coffee, especially if you consume more than a couple of cups a day, you should hear about. So you're going to want to be here pretty much an hour from right now when Dr. Jorge Rodriguez stops by for his uh, weekly Wellness Wednesday visit. So you make an appointment or just stick around. Don't go anywhere. I also I, I also have some observations about what the heck is going on. If you were here yesterday or Monday, you've heard me talk about the fact that I spent almost a decade living in Houston. I spent over over 13 years living in the great state of Texas. I loved Texas. I still do. Wish I was living in Texas right now, as a matter of fact. But uh, life doesn't permit me that luxury. But when I see what's going on in the state of Texas, uh, specifically in the Houston area, and after having spent the better part of a decade there, just a few months shy of 10 years in Houston, uh, my heart breaks for what I'm seeing. My heart breaks because I understand the size of, of the catastrophe. And I don't think anybody really will get it until we start seeing the piles of junk, until we see the houses being bulldozed, until we see the communities being reshaped. And that's what's going to happen. This is a years-long rebuilding project, which I guess is a good thing for people who sell lumber and ceiling tiles and carpeting and floor tiles and asphalt and furniture. I guess all of that is kind of ultimately a good thing for the economy. Because let's face it, that all that stuff's going to need to be replaced. But it also means all that stuff's going to need to be destroyed and, and hauled away somewhere. Somewhere there's going to be a giant monument to this storm. Somewhere... There's going to be a tribute to what happened the end of August 2017 as a historic storm struck that region. 
51, almost 52 inches of rain from this storm in Houston alone. It's, uh, it's unfathomable. But I watched and I talked with, I talked with a good friend who works in Houston and New Orleans. He's an executive with a power company and uh, he's a lifelong New Orleanian. I hope I got that right. I've attended several Mardi Gras with him side by side, again, during the unsupervised years. And we talked about what this means to this city. And uh, yesterday I mentioned it. At its peak, New Orleans was about one-eighth of the size of Houston. Maybe one-tenth of the size of Houston in terms of population. And so... As Houston starts to drain, and it's going to take weeks for this to happen, I don't think anybody fully understands the magnitude. Because we looked at New Orleans, we witnessed the rebuilding, we saw the piles of junk. This is easily 10 times that, because now it's swept across Beaumont, it's swept across Port Arthur, it's swept across Louisiana, Lake Charles, and into New Orleans, but thankfully they were a little better prepared this time. But I just think, I just think we're all going to have to try and understand that this is going to be with us for a long time. So don't get fatigued on this. The problem is that we're going to have to, we're going to have to tolerate the reality of of what's going on in Houston for quite some time. There's going to be a lot of displaced folks. There are going to be uh, business changes, life changes, all kinds of things. And I have to tell you, um, this show owes you a debt of gratitude. This show yesterday, not only did we raise over $1,300 just on my little Facebook page for Mercury One, but just before we came on air, I received the most wonderful short note from uh, one of our guests from yesterday. I don't know if, uh, if you were here yesterday and you heard me talking about the Pajama Program. The Pajama Program is a 16-year-old charity. I've been associated with them for 10 years, 11 years now, geez. And um, th they are a program that gets pajamas and a book to kids who are waiting to be adopted or in foster homes. What a simple thing, right? And yesterday we talked to Genevieve Pituro, the woman behind the pajamaprogram.org, pajamaprogram.org. And uh, we, we gave them a little love and attention because they are, they are gathering pajamas for all the kids who are displaced, all the kids who had to be torn out of their homes and hustled off to a shelter somewhere where they are probably going to live for the better part of a month, if not much longer. And just before the show started, I got this, this message from Genevieve Paturo saying, we are getting a lot of deliveries, meaning in Austin, and support, meaning money, for families displaced by Harvey. Thank you. 
thank your audience so much. If you missed it, you can go to uh, you can go to theblaze.com. There's a story on theblaze.com about it. I tweeted out a link to it. Uh, you can also see it on um, on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music. It's all there. It's worthwhile sharing this kind of stuff. Uh, yesterday, the the ladies from uh, the Junk Gypsies reached out and said they're working on a fundraising effort. And if you know who the Junk Gypsies are, good for you. They're another group of <laughs> amazing people. I always tell everybody they're the female version, without the beards, of course, of uh, Duck Dynasty. They are a a couple of women who work with their family to create and repurpose stuff. And they're based in a, a tiny, tiny town between Austin and Houston. And the Junk Gypsies, uh, Amy and Jolie, are working on a T-shirt that's going to raise money for, um, for the people hurt by Harvey. And when they get it, we will promote it on this show. But the Junk Gypsies said... We want to collect some stuff for the little ones. And I put them in touch with the folks at uh, pajamaprogram.org. And they said things were, things were moving along. And they're very appreciative of that. So we will remind you throughout the show. Yes, there's a ton of stuff to talk about. But we will remind you throughout the show. There are places you can go. Maybe you skip lunch one or two days a week. And in doing so, maybe you donate what you would have spent on lunch to the cause. Just a simple idea. I'm sending a, a gigantic box of socks down to a friend who's collecting because socks are currency when the whole world is full of water. Fresh, dry socks are the greatest thing on the planet. I'm just saying. Not that I know from experience, but... Uh, we have collected socks in the past. If you, if you know this show, then you know I carry socks in the trunk of my car for the homeless. And we have given socks to homeless people here forever and ever and ever. And it is a tiny little thing you can do that makes a gigantic difference in somebody's life. And that's what I want us to work on now. I want us to work on making a difference. And I want us to work on self-reliance. And so we're going to focus on a little bit of that today. I also want to share uh, a, a thought that gave me the inspiration for today's, today's direction. And it's a, a quote from Winston Churchill. Great stuff from Churchill, by the way. If you haven't gotten into Churchill... I suggest you do so on so many levels. The guy, just uh, a rock star. But Churchill said very, very succinctly, you will never reach your destination if you stop and throw stones at every dog that barks. So if you're going to stop and throw stones, make sure it's a dog that you need to silence, <laughs> not every dog that barks. Pick your battles, as Winston told us. Many stories on today's show uh, relate to that comment. And we'll get to that just around the corner. Michael Pelka on Puro Pelka. When we get back, um, I have to point out 
some just juxtaprogressivism. And I have to point out um, something that Kathy Griffin said that we need to just say, okay, it's time for you to stop. We'll get into that pile of mess next on Pure Opelka. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Pure Opelka, also powered by Relief Factor. Yes, I take Relief Factor three times a day, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And on days when I overdo it, I take it four times a day. What is Relief Factor? Well, if you're like me and you may have overdone it in your early years and you have pain in your knees and your hips and your back or your neck or your or your joints that comes many many cases that comes from irritation and interestingly enough relief factor is an all natural combination of botanicals and fish oil that's prepackaged pre-measured you just take the little packet out and you swallow the four capsules three times a day And the botanicals and the fish oil work with your body to reduce the inflammation, which eliminates the pain in my case. Try the three-week quick start pack. It's a prepackaged kit. It's $19.95. Go to relieffactor.com and check it out or call them and ask the questions. 800-500-8384. 800-500-8384. Relief factor. Get look the three week quick start pack. It's been it's been purchased over a million times. Eighty percent of the people who get it reorder it. So what what are you waiting for? Relieffactor.com or pick up the phone eight hundred five hundred eighty three eighty four. Jump on that. Uh, When we went away, I was uh, hinting that we were going to talk about Kathy Griffin. Kathy Griffin, you remember, uh, was was contrite, was apologetic, was was tearful when when she realized that that the dumb stunt she pulled. When she made a video holding up a, a bloody head of Donald Trump, obviously not his real head. But when she did that and the whole world reacted, Kathy Griffin came out with a tearful apology and said she was sorry and said that Donald Trump had broken her. Remember, remember all that. And as such, she lost her CNN gig. She had a tour that was scheduled to start that got canceled. Why? Because... Theaters didn't want the hassle of dealing with this controversial person. And I remember somebody saying, don't worry about Kathy Griffin. She'll be fine. She'll just let it all go away. She'll, it'll calm down and she'll be back. And then there were those of us who said, no, she's done for good. But 
as somebody who knows that no one's ever done for good in show business or politics. Hell, look at Anthony Weiner. How many third strikes did he get? Nobody's ever done. As the founder of the First Church of the Second Chance, I'm a believer that everybody deserves a second chance, especially if you apologize. However, Kathy Griffin, after she apologized, it's only been, what, a a month and a half, maybe two months? Uh, Kathy Griffin was talking to an Australian television station and um, was asked about about that moment, if in fact uh, she is still sorry about it and she's not so sure. Correct. I'm no longer sorry. The whole outrage was BS. The whole thing got so blown out of proportion and I lost everybody. Like I had Chelsea Clinton tweeting against me. I had friends. Deborah Messing from Will and Grace tweeting against me. I mean, I lost everybody. And And I lost everybody. I'll bet you you could pick up the phone and call Deborah Messing right now. And she would be fine. She would have forgotten about what she tweeted. I guarantee you she would have. I I shouldn't interrupt her. She's she's about to get a little kooky. I have been through the mill. And um, I also, you know, I didn't just lose like one night on CNN. My entire tour was canceled within 24 hours because every single theater got all these death threats. I mean, these Trump fans, they're hardcore. They have wait a minute, robocalls and they're a minority, but they know how to act like they're a majority. So these Trump fans, they're hardcore. Kind of like holding up the head of the person they like and it's all covered in blood, right? Yeah, that's not hardcore. No, that's not hardcore at all. Interestingly enough, the interviewer actually started getting back after her. Messing and Chelsea Clinton aren't Trump fans. Like if even Democrats said it was out yeah. of line. I, I get that comedy is about pushing the boundaries and being politically incorrect, and that's fine. But do you not agree that that picture holding up a severed head, I know it's a mask covered in mm. tomato sauce, but did you, do you not accept that was a little bit over the line? So remember, she apologized for that. She apologized for that whole stupid stunt. And now she's come back and said, well... I lost everything because of that. I'm not sorry anymore. And the interviewer said, do you not think that was a little beat over the line? Kathy doesn't. No, you're full of crap. Stop this. You know this. Stop acting like my little picture is more important than talking about the actual atrocities that the president of the United States is committing. Did anybody have a list of atrocities that the president of the United States is committing? Can anyone share with me? And where is the interviewer saying, "Uh, Kathy, what atrocities has he committed? She continues her unspooling. I'm also on a mission to tell people, honestly, if it happened to me as big mouth and obnoxious as I am, it can happen to you. Like, honestly, this is a big change. I've been talking to Australians who for the first time are saying we're afraid to go to America. Bravo, Sierra. Bravo, Sierra. Australians are not afraid to go to America. Maybe they're worried about an 18-hour plane flight, but they're not, they're not worried about coming here.
I thought I would hear that in my lifetime. Mm. I'm 56 years old. Yeah. I'm a female comedian. Mm -hmm. How many successful female comedians, I mean, who can stand there with a microphone with nothing but the own, their own material they wrote themselves? And if yeah. you think I haven't dealt with sexism and misogyny you can't imagine, then you'll understand why I cannot wait to hit the stage and expose all of it. No, I don't apologize for that photo anymore. And I think the outrage is complete BS because we have real things to deal with. <laughs> yes, the outrage of yours is complete BS. Now go sit down in the corner and stop it. Snowflake, 56-year-old Snowflake. Take your medicine. You can't take back an apology. We'll be right back. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. This is Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. On the Blaze Radio Network. 888 If you want to jump into the conversation or offer a tip, an idea, I'm sharing good ideas. Yesterday, at Stacy Rippey sent a picture with a great idea, and I'm following up on that. Uh, the idea was for any of you ladies who have a spare purse, a purse you may have fallen out of love with, go get it out of the closet and fill it up with basic supplies that you would want in your purse. And then take it to whatever collection point in your town is sending stuff to Houston. Put some put some power bars in there and some sanitary and hygiene products a little tube of travel toothpaste and a brush, whatever, deodorant, something. You'll clean out your closet and you'll do something good for somebody. I know several of my female friends who have many, many spare purses or purses that are just sitting in the closet doing nothing. Do good stuff. Get some things happening. And at the same time, get stuff out of your closet makes room for good stuff. I'm just just sharing the good news. And of course, I will constantly remind you, Mercury One. MercuryOne.org. MercuryOne.org. I put on my Facebook post uh, the Mercury One button so you can easily, easily uh, donate. Whatever you can, five bucks, 10 bucks, $10,000, whatever. I'm just throwing that out there. Uh, many different topics to cover today. And one of them is kind of um, a strange one, but it led me to a question, a discussion today. If you've been a fan of this show, then you may have heard me talk about a television program in, in the past called Fat Guys in the Woods. Fat Guys in the Woods 
is no longer being made. It, it lasted two whole seasons on the Weather Channel, <laughs> which is it's kind of a strange combination, I know. Fat Guys in the Woods was a reality show that would take three strangers, all of whom were a little bit overweight, and it would take them out into the middle of nowhere, and for five days, they would have to survive. Now, they didn't just dump them in the woods, but they would take these, these three strangers, these portly strangers, and the first day, a, um, an Eagle Scout who teaches survivalism, a guy named Creek Stewart, would give them the basic skills on how to build a shelter, how to start a fire, how to get food and water. Because those are the, the four things you have to have. Fire, water, shelter, and food. If you're going to survive. And Creek used to preach the gospel of being skilled in survival, basic survival, because he said it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. And I would watch the show. And for the first day, he would teach him how to set up camp and show him how to start a fire and if there was no water that looked really safe around, you would need that fire to boil the water and purify it. And then you go look for food because you can, you can live a long time without food, but you need water and shelter and fire, especially if it's going to be cold outside. The first day he would spend with them. The second day he would spend with them and then set them off by themselves to survive. And finally, they would have to spend one day by themselves to see if they could start a fire, build their own shelter, etc. It was a great show. Unfortunately, I think it was just too expensive to produce. Uh, we stayed in touch with Creek Stewart because he's a very interesting character and because his ideas and his knowledge is so vital. About, about a year ago... Creek started something called a polka box. I know it sounds weird. It sounds like something uh, to deal with my last name. A polka box, and it is a um, it's a it's a monthly it's a company that delivers a a package to your home every year. If you know what Birchbox is or one of those subscription services. That will deliver you samples of like beauty products, whatever. The Apoca box comes every other month and it comes with a small group of survival tools, gear and tests for you to accomplish. It's basically a monthly or bi-monthly. It happens every other month. It's basically a bi-monthly survival skills class. That's taught by Creek Stewart. And it's, it's, they're not giving it away, of course, because inside the box, there are tools like you might get a, a knife one month or a hatchet or a satchel or a, a number of nets and fish hooks that you can carry along. And now the business apparently is growing because people are starting to realize that they need to be able to take care of themselves, that people need to be able to survive on their own. 
If you want to know more about it, I find this to be an entrepreneurial success story that needs more attention. And uh, we're trying to get Creek to come on the show and talk about the situation in Houston and, and what people should have done and how, how you should deal with these situations. But if you want to see what, what I'm talking about, it's myapocabox.com, A-P-O-C-A-B-O-X.com, myapocabox.com. It's a, and if you got somebody who's coming up for a, a birthday, it, it might not be a bad idea. But each one comes with a survival tool, survival info, some artisan-made products, and then accessories. But then there's a challenge inside each box. Like, I think it was, um, I think the last one was fire. And you have to try and do it with, no cheating, you have to try and do it with the skills. But it's a, it's a, a subscription thing that, again, I told you it's not cheap. It's, it's like 50 bucks every two months. And it comes, comes right to your house. And I, I have been thrilled with each one. But I, it got me thinking. What is our responsibility? What is our responsibility today in the world in terms of being prepared? We were told when, when Obamacare was being pushed through that it really was each one of our individual responsibility to make sure that we had insurance. We were told that in order to, I guess, complete the, the compact we have with society, that we, we should be responsible enough to have insurance. Because sickness, accidents, whatever, it wasn't a matter of if, but a matter of when. And that reality, that statement got me thinking. Should we... Should we be also charged with being prepared? Or should we just live our lives blissfully ignorant of the impending danger that is even lurking in the skies above our heads? Is that, is that something that, that we should take more responsibility for? Well, I, I kind of think, yeah. I didn't grow up as a Boy Scout. I didn't. Our, look, our Cub Scout troop got disbanded for being stupid. And so I never even got to Weebelow stage or even into the first level of Cub Scouts. So survival instincts are something I started getting nervous about after living in hurricanes. But after meeting Creek and working with Creek and walking around, we walked around Central Park one day and he showed me that it, God forbid an EMP hit, we could survive in Central Park forever because there was food, ducks, squirrels, etc. There was water in those many ponds, and there was ample kindling and ways to start a fire and build a shelter. So I started set out to try and teach myself a little bit of reliance. Now, many of you are ahead of me in this, but I wonder... If it all fell apart tomorrow, if if you were beset by a tragedy such as the one that has hit the people of Houston and Orange, Texas and Beaumont, Texas and parts of Louisiana and Victoria, Texas, if your home was underwater and would be unaccessible for several weeks 
and you didn't even know if your job was going to be there when you got back into your house. How long could you survive? Could you survive? Do you have a plan? Have you wargamed this? I'm not trying to scare anybody. I'm just trying to say I think it is incumbent upon us that we should all take, even if it's a baby step today, of putting a couple cans of soup in a special cabinet or in a closet, that God forbid the, the world came to an end, you'd have soup for a couple of days. And then maybe a box of matches and then maybe a, a flashlight that you, you can use a, a, a crank to get it started instead of relying on a battery. Take a little time and sit down and, and put together that kit for yourself and then start walking towards self-reliance. I'm pretty sure I could start a fire in just about any situation. I'm pretty sure I could, I could build a shelter of some sort to protect us for a brief period of time. And I'm pretty sure I could get either fish or some sort of wild game captured. Now, is it my choice? No. But I sure feel uh, a lot more confident about my life and my situation knowing that I don't have to worry about what I would do if it all came tumbling down. Just a thought. How long could you survive? If you want to share your status, 888 I'll tweet out a link to a poker box. You can see it. And maybe we'll get Creek on here to, to share some other tips on what we can do to prepare ourselves just in case. Michael Pelka on Pure Opelka. We'll be right back. You're listening to Pure Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. Dr. Jorge kicks off the second hour of the show, and we're going to talk about coffee, and we're going to talk about hearts, and uh, a couple other things. But Frank and PA is on the horn. Frank, how are you, sir? What's up? Uh, hey, I just sent you a paper. Uh, uh-oh. Frank, you might have hit a dead cell. Are you there? Are you, are you, you still there? I'm here. Can you hear me? Barely. What Now, what did you send? I sent you a link for the only video I ever put on YouTube for something called an Arapuka bird trap. I hope if you're ever trapped in uh, New York and you need to make something, uh, you don't neglect uh, the pigeons. Because there's, there's an awful lot of uh, meat that tastes almost like chicken out there. Uh, yeah, but. In- Interesting twist, though, on on that pigeon thing, because I asked Creek as we walked through Central Park and uh, he said the one thing about wild game and you have to think about they are going to be what they eat. So your squirrels are probably okay, But he said uh, he would never catch or eat a New York City rat. Probably not. But the pigeons are going to very quickly run out of uh, 
uh, so- sidewalk scraps from uh, from people and and turn back to their normal diet of of, of wild seed. Anyway, so uh, it's a good skill to learn the trap I, I sent to you. I was going to say I uh, I drive trucks, and the first time I ever heard about an EMP, it, the, the, the thought haunted me. How am I getting home? Because I have a daughter, and I'm not going to live the rest of my life, you know, somewhere else without her. And, and so I have in my head uh, a route back that I can follow roadways, uh, basically, to, to get me where I'm going. I have an atlas in the truck I can take. I have a backpack that I keep in here uh, with basic to be able to use along the way there but one way or another i'm getting home so well, I'm, i i love that you've got that i travel with a five-day survival pack with food and water and basic survival and backup glasses etc so i i encourage everybody to try and get there i'm almost out of time this hour frank and your phone is getting dicey so be careful out there my trucker friend and all of our trucker friends uh and everybody cutting them off don't be doing that. Give the trucks some room. We need them out there. I'm going to wrap up this hour. When we get back, Dr. Jorge is here. Uh, do you drink coffee? How much? Should you maybe be drinking more because it could be better? We'll find out next. I'm Piero Pelka. Come on back. Opelka. With Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. This is Pure Opelka. With Mike Opelka. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Wednesday. It is a uh, it's a beautiful Wednesday up here in the Northeast. We are so lucky, so fortunate, and uh, that means I'm going to encourage everybody to continue doing what you can, just what you can, and no more, to help our our friends and family affected by Harvey. I did post on Twitter at StuntBrain a vital question today, asking, "Are you ready? How long could you survive?" if faced with a Harvey of your own. And currently in the very early stages of this uh, Twitter poll, 14% of you say a couple of days, 28% or 30% say a week or two, 41% of you, which I got to check on this one, say uh, I'm ready for whatever. And 15% of you are very honest in saying I'm toast. Meaning you're basically stuffed and you're going to have to rely on the kindness of strangers. It's an important question, one we'll go through throughout the day. But it is Wednesday, and because it's Wednesday, uh, we get to talk about about health, about uh, wellness, about important things like your health and wellness. And uh, our friend, Dr. Jorge Rodriguez uh, at drjorge.com or at Dr. Jorge on Twitter and drjorge.com on, on the internets is joining us. Dr. Jorge, how long could you survive if, God forbid, the big one hit L.A.? 
Honestly, I I'm toast. <laughs> I am. Um, I don't I don't have um, an earthquake preparedness kit. Uh, thanks for bringing it up because I don't. And we live in a high rise, you know, so it, it would be a challenge. In, in my old house, I even had like, which was sort of like a, one of those houses on the hilltop on stilts. I even had one of those rope ladders to get out and, and all that. But here I have nothing. So I think it's really important that you're bringing that up because if nothing else for an earthquake, you know, you at least need cash and you need some, a little bit of, you know, flashlights and, you know, some provisions, but I, I don't think I would ever be able to have more than um, two days worth of provisions unless I have them stored some other place, you know? Well, um, you know, I, I brought this up because we, we talk about taking care of ourselves when we when you and I talk with the audience on the show about wellness. And ever since 9-11, ever since September 11th, I have had, in one form or another, a bug-out bag in the back of my car, which has five days' worth of survival food and water and spare glasses and just just some of the basics of hygiene and health. And I, I, every 10 years, I change it, even though they tell you, oh, it's good for 25 years. No, I'm not believing that. But every 10 years, I flip it. And I just tell everybody, it's a little bit of a mental insurance policy that lets you know that no matter what, even if you're caught somewhere on the road, you could make it for a few days. It's got a thermal blanket. It's got, you know, stupid stuff that, that you'd say, oh, I don't want to eat that. But I'll guarantee if you were out by yourself, you'd be munching that stuff up in a second. You'd be oh, doing yeah, it. no so, doubt. No, yeah, no so doubt. You need to do that. They make them in kits uh, for two people to survive for five days. It just looks like a good-sized backpack. Put it in your car. Make me feel more comfortable about you guys. So, <laughs> All right. I, I appreciate that. That's very nice of you. Thank you. We, well, we definitely I'm, need to do it. Yeah. I, think, I think just as the government told us with Obamacare that we all need to be responsible and have health insurance, I think we all need to be prepared. And that's one of my little missions here. But uh, yeah, I don't want to yeah. take all the time talking about that. Two topics I want to talk about. One of them, everybody in the audience, when I hinted about it, was like, wait a minute, coffee is good for me? I can, I can drink more coffee? And I said, well, let's ask Dr. Jorge about this one. Where, where are we on this? I, I have no idea where we are. Um, <laughs> and, and here's the one thing about science. Um, and this is where we're doing a service but a disservice. Uh, in making a lot of new scientific studies available to the public, because usually in science you have a study, you know, doctors and scientists look it over, try to reproduce it before it becomes medical fact or dogma. That's why people are going, wait, one day coffee is healthy, the next day it's going to kill you. What's the truth? Um, so all I can say is, is, is my opinion. I think coffee is neither here nor there, but I don't think it's bad for you. Um, and, this study is a Spanish study, which I think is kind of hilarious because, you know, I'm, I'm Cuban origin, and I, I really think my mother's milk had caffeine in it. That's how much coffee, you know, Cubans <laughs> drink, right? It's really strong. And uh, my grandmother lived, great-grandmother lived to be 106. My grandma lived to be 99. And they could not live without that little espresso. Um, but the coffee contained just coffee, and a lot of sugar, no cream, nothing like that. 
And this Spanish study was kind of amazing because the numbers are incredible. First of all, they, they looked at 20,000 people, and they followed them for approximately 10 years. That's a lot of people, yeah. right? And, that is, and that's a lot of years. Remarkably, what they found was people that drank at least four cups of coffee. That's a lot of coffee. Four cups of coffee a day. And listen to this, had a 64%, 64% lower risk of dying than those who never or almost never drank coffee. And that's incredible. Um, so drinking two additional cups of coffee a day lowered your risk by 30% of death. And this was all types of death, heart disease, cancer, stroke, diabetes, and kidney disease. So my recommendation to people is this. As long as you don't have high blood pressure, all right, because coffee stimulates your adrenaline system, right? Caffeine is a stimulant. And yeah. it can increase your blood pressure. So as long as you don't have uncontrolled blood pressure, all right, I say go ahead. Really enjoy your coffee. Um, and then but that's don't all be, I can say. I don't know what you think about this. But you, you, you're not saying, hey, force the coffee if you're thinking it's going to make no. you healthy. I, I'd rather no. see people, if you like your coffee, have your coffee. But if your body's yeah. not craving it, I, I think you and should always listen to your body. Absolutely, absolutely, 100%. You know, because, and, and I haven't seen this study in depth because I want to see whether anything else statistically uh, were outliers, for example, where these people that survived, did they have, you know, other different, or they, they lacked other health issues? You know, so you have to take these studies when reported like this with a grain of salt. You really have to analyze them and see whether you think it's a good study. All right, did they... Did the control group, was it the same as the group that was on coffee? You know, so uh, there are a lot of things. But that's why I say, in my opinion, coffee I don't think is harmful for you. And now I'm going to confess something. So I start off when I have, like, a latte, because it's almost like you have to have a latte in California if you live here, right? Um, my <laughs> latte usually has it's, – it's, it's required, you know? You have to have a fancy cup of coffee. Um, I have at least – three or four shots of espresso in my small latte. Wow. So, I, yeah, it, it is fuel. I'm telling you, Mike, I grew up with coffee. My mother, when she, <laughs> when she couldn't sleep, she'd say, oh, I need a cup of coffee. Seriously, that is the, the Cuban way of thinking. Um, yeah, so I, I drink in the morning. I don't drink it all day, you know, my, my fuel. Um, so bottom line, I don't think coffee is harmful for you. Don't force it. All right. Uh, if you're drinking coffee, make sure that your blood pressure is fine. If you have high cholesterol, if you have high cholesterol, all right, then this is where adding the cream to the coffee may not be good for you, but just pure coffee seems to be okay. As a matter of fact, it may even be good for you. And that's where I want to leave that. Okay. All right. And now there's yeah. we you always talk about the the biggest problem we have in in our world today is heart disease and it's Absolutely. the biggest killer. But there there's something now a shot that could save lives and prevent heart attacks and maybe even yeah. cut cancer? Yeah, maybe. Um here here is is where we are with that. We're finding out through many through the study of many diseases that one of the things that ends up killing us 
is inflammation in the body, swelling. So, for example, people that are HIV positive for a long time or have chronic hepatitis for a long time, their body is set to try to fight this virus. So they are sending out all of these um, messages in our body, all right, to try to cause white blood cells to go and fight these off. So that causes inflammation in the body. And we know that inflammation can clog up small arteries in the body. So, for example, your heart needs the five arteries that feed it in order for the heart to get blood. These are small little arteries, probably the size of very small straws. Well, if these arteries start getting swollen, all right, the size of them on the inside starts getting smaller and smaller. So your heart gets less blood. So therefore, when you have inflammation going on in your body, whether it's rheumatic, heart disease, rheumatoid arthritis, autoimmune disease, you have a much higher risk of a heart attack. This medicine, what it does is it cuts down inflammation. There are other medicines that do it, aspirin. That's why we tell people to take a small aspirin every day because it cuts down a lot of the inflammation in your body. So this medicine, which is a, a very strong and, and it's very complicated, but at the end of the day, it cuts down inflammation, has been shown to drastically cut down the risk of heart disease. Um, you know, but there are other side effects to it. So let's not jump to saying this is the panacea, but it definitely was a pretty amazing um, result. And, and who knows, in the future? Yeah, sorry. How long before this this stuff hits the market? How long before well, my doctor says, you know, <laughs> we could give you this uh, injection. It might be good for your heart. All right, let me tell you something. This medicine... And, and medicines like this are available in the market for other things, sometimes for different types of cancers and things like that. Usually the time, the time span from when something is in research and has been found to be positive to the FDA approving it for that indication, all right, I would say it's like four to five years if everything goes well. So hmm. it's not around the corner but it isn't in the distance either. And who knows, tomorrow, all right, there may be a lot of other studies that don't, you know, sort of verify this fact. And remember some of the problems we've had with some of these, you know, miracle medications. They're out, all right, because they just followed the positive things that they could do. And once they're out, we find out two or three years later that they have a lot of side effects that don't show up for many years. So that's the tight rope that research and medication approval walks. All right, you can't just approve something because of the positivity that it shows. You also have to make sure that you've tested the medication long enough for any potential dangerous side effects to be obvious. So don't hang your head on this yet. So don't hang your head on this, but do have the cup of coffee or four if you feel and like it. And a, ba and a baby aspirin every day, yes. Yeah, the halfprin. Isn't that what they call it, the 81 milligrams? 81 milligrams, oh. yeah. Okay. Yeah, baby aspirin or a halfprin, which is just the baby aspirin repackaged and probably higher priced. <laughs> if oh, I'm, my if God, I'm cynical. Guessing. <laughs> cynical, but I think you're right. <laughs> of course I'm cynical. It's, it's my job to be cynical. 
Dr. Jorge, great stuff today. And yes, I, next week when we talk, I already know I, I want to do a whole discussion on cholesterol, good, bad, or other. Perfect. And we, I want to, I want to understand it. But I also, when we talk, I want you. Here's your homework. Uh, next time we talk, I want you to say, I've ordered my car survival kit, and it'll be here or it's already here. All right. Done deal. Okay. Done deal. Good. All right. Thanks, Doc. Appreciate it. And uh, I, I, I didn't, I didn't want to open up with it, but um, I'm sorry you lost your pooch. Uh, Lord I Morgan know. was a, a, a great internet star and will be missed by all of us out here thank you he was an english bulldog he was you know we all love our dogs uh we all love our animals you know and, and their unconditional love and and thank you for mentioning that because it is is really heartfelt but you know what he had a good life and i sometimes would go to the coffee bean and starbucks and feed him you know a donut when nobody was watching and i don't regret <laughs> doing that at all and that's that's the end of that he was, a, he was a star on the Internet, and he was lucky yes, to sir. have you guys. So we thank we you. thank you, and, and we feel your pain. Thanks, Doc. We'll thank talk you. again soon. All right. Thank and don't you. forget, you, you can week. watch Dr. Jorge on Collide.com. Collide.com. He's on Wednesdays at uh, it is 8.30 Eastern and 5.30 on the West Coast. Collide.com. He's, he's uh, letting us all see his struggles and his health battle with the uh, weight. Every single week. Dr. Jorge, drjorge.com. Thank you, sir. We'll be right back. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Puro Pelka. Uh, it's official. We've been talking about it here for days. Uh, the governor of Texas, Governor Abbott, just confirmed that um, this disaster dwarfs Katrina in terms of what's going on, how many homes are going to be destroyed, etc. And as the sun or as the rain has stopped, and uh, we're now getting a look at more and more of these apartment complexes, etc. You're going to see, you're going to see scenes like uh, like the ones they're going to be showing today and tonight, and and that's essentially people starting to live in in like tent communities and parks because there aren't going to be enough shelters unless you start busing people out of the region. So I think the this uh, situation is is just is just unknowable right now. They've got 32,000 people in shelters across Texas as we speak. We've been trying to get a hold of Mattress Mac, the guy in uh, in Houston who owns a chain of stores called Gallery Furniture. When I lived in Houston, he had one big store and he sold mattresses and couches at a very discounted rate. And he would jump up and down at the end of his commercials and say, gallery furniture saves you money. And he would hold a fistful of bucks up in the air. Well, he's got, I think, three locations now. 
and he has opened up all of his locations initially to the first responders who were there, the National Guard and the military. And then he opened up and said, anybody who needs a place to sleep. And it's a gigantic mattress warehouse. He's got a few of them. And he even sent his truck out to pick people up. So uh, Mattress Mac, you're a good man. You're a hero in all this. And again, I'm going to repeat it every day. Maybe you skip lunch. Maybe you don't have that second cocktail today and you put the five or ten bucks into Mercury One just to help out. The, uh, the question, the vital question of the day is posted and I'm going to keep updating it throughout. I want you to go to Twitter and answer the question. The question is about uh, how long you'd be able to survive if a Harvey-type situation hit you. Would you be able to last a few days? Would it be a week or two? Are you ready for whatever? Or are you basically toast? Because, um, you know, I, I used to feel like I was ready for just a couple of days. Now I think I'm, I'm at least two weeks, maybe on a month. And um, I'd like to believe I have enough skills and or lead to survive just about anything. But that's a different conversation as well. When we get back, we need to talk about Europe. We need to talk about gender on driver's licenses. Is that something we need to discuss? Should we stop asking? Hmm. Triple eight nine hundred three three nine three eight 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 nine zero zero three three nine three. Join the conversation. Come on back. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. It is a a Wednesday, and here in the Northeast, it's great. We're starting to see some shots from Texas where um, it looks like the sun is out for the first time in five days. And now the reality is going to start kicking itself. Just understand that this is going to be a long haul, everybody. We're going to be talking about recovery in Texas. But I also think it's time for us to put our capitalist hats on. I think it's time for us to, as as free market capitalists, as people who understand that life ebbs and flows, that life has ups and downs, I think it's important for us to try and Try and find a way to be part of the recovery. There will be people who will want to scam the government on this because the government's going to have to help out. There are already over 200,000 people who have filed notices with FEMA that they're going to need assistance. And I'm sure there are tens of thousands more to come. But I encourage you, to dig deep in your brain and try and see, well, maybe there's an opportunity here because crisis sparks opportunity. 
Isn't that the theory that in the in the Japanese language, the same character that means crisis also means opportunity? So in the middle of all of this, in, in the middle of this mess, as you see, the homes and the cars and everything inside those homes, all of that stuff that's going to be removed and in many cases replaced. Is there an opportunity? Is there a new industry that will, that will rise up from all of this? And how does it fit your skill set? There may be one or two of you or 10 of you who have exactly what's needed to help Houston get back on its feet, to help Victoria, Texas rebuild, to help the Strand in Galveston get itself back together, to help the folks in Beaumont and Port Arthur. And that's the beauty of capitalism, that, that our free society may be able to put together some kind of amazing new opportunity. I'm telling you, it's, it's out there. And it is about perspective. It is about trying to pick yourself up and dust yourself off and get moving again. So many of these people, there are going to be tens of thousands of homes in Houston that are going to go away. There might be a half a million cars that have to go away. And that means there, there are going to be cars that need to be purchased. That means there are going to be cars that need to be delivered. That means there are going to, all that stuff. And it is the beauty of our system. It's the beauty of capitalism. I'm sure right now somebody's saying this is, this is the time I, I was supposed to be unemployed so I could be headed down to Houston to put my skills to work. I was supposed to be able to tell my boss or whomever that I'm done here, that I'm going down there to help and maybe start a new career. You're never, ever, you're never, ever done. Let's just, let's just put that out there. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be the cheerleader in chief on this because I do believe that there is an opportunity amid every crisis. You can find a million reasons to be depressed or you can find one or two reasons to try and make something out of it. I tease the story, and I'll get to some of the hero stories, but I, I, I tease the story uh, on, the, on the promo about nuns robbing banks. This one, I saw this on the local television here. The Fox affiliate out of Philadelphia covered this story. A bank in Pennsylvania was the uh, target of an attempted holdup by two gun-toting nuns. I... I I can't imagine standing in line at the bank and in walk two nuns in, in full nun regalia habits, the complete, you, it's, it's almost, it, seeing a nun in the full regalia today is almost as surprising as seeing a burqa because most of the nuns I see today don't wear the, the full kit, as it were, where all you pretty much see is the, the face. You don't see the hair. You, you just see the, eye, the forehead, the eyes, the eyebrows, the nose, and the mouth, and you barely see the chin. Well, walking into a bank, if I saw two people dressed like that, 
I would immediately be on guard. And then when one of them pulls a pistol from inside her habit and says, we're going to need some money, I, I, <laughs> I suspect, I'm just saying, I suspect these may not have been women. But they were armed and apparently dangerous. One of them had sunglasses hiding most of the face. The other one, and the one with the sunglasses was standing by the door. The other one pulled the handgun out and demanded cash at the Citizens Bank near Tannerville just around noon on Monday. One of the tellers uh, tried to stall but actually hit the alarm and the alarm spooked the, and I'm using air quotes here, nuns. And they took off. Um, I guess there was probably a, a getaway vehicle, but there is an FBI uh, be on the lookout for uh, um, <laughs> nuns in habits, veils with a black handgun. The FBI says if anyone has any... Uh, any knowledge, you can give the uh, Philly FBI office a call, 215-418-4000. Now, not the first time this, this kind of uh, robbery has been attempted. Uh, just six years ago in Chicago, two bad guys stormed into a bank wearing nun garb and rubber mask. And then um, the next year, apparently, there were a band of thieves who tried a similar stunt using masks inspired by a Ben Affleck movie called The Town. I didn't see The Town. They got $200,000 from a Queens, New York check cashing place. Nuns. We have nuns robbing banks. Anyone else want to throw their hands in the air and say, okay, things, are, things have hit the ridiculous level. Well, uh, no, not quite. We haven't quite hit the ridiculous level yet. Uh, why is this? Because yesterday when the president went to Texas to survey the storm damage, am I the only one who could not believe that the left was losing its mind over the fact that the first lady got on the plane wearing high heels? Never mind the fact that she got off the plane wearing sneakers. Never mind the fact that she got off the plane with a black baseball cap, sunglasses, sneakers, and a hat, a black baseball cap that had the embroidery floatis on top. The left lost its mind because she was wearing heels. I got to believe that the White House is saying, if that's the biggest thing you have to complain about, you guys have lost your mind. You guys are the ones who have lost it. So uh, I'm, I'm very confident now I, that, that the, uh, the White House knows exactly what it's doing. I haven't been, and I'm not always going to be a big supporter of this president because I still think he needs to be a little more presidential. But in the case of the, the shoes and the response, I think the White House nailed it. Absolute, absolutely nailed it. I also think... The president going to Corpus Christi and then to Austin was perfect. He didn't take any resources away from Houston. He didn't take any resources away from Beaumont. 
And for those on the left who are saying, well, he wasn't empathetic enough, I have two words for you. Shut up. Because if he didn't go, you'd be screaming about the fact that you can't believe he stayed in the White House and didn't bother going to Texas because he has no heart. He shows up, doesn't get in the way, does a little cheerleading for the people of Texas and the first responders, and all you can say is he wasn't empathetic enough. Shut up. Right now my mom is turning in her grave because we don't use those words. Sorry, Mom, but I have to tell the left, shut up. We'll be right back. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. Part of the next generation of talk radio on the Blaze Radio Network. I appreciate the sponsors of this show almost as much as I appreciate this audience. This audience is uh, smart. They understand a good deal. They understand a good story. They understand when something makes sense. And that's why I'm happy I'm happy that so many of you are calling our friends or looking at filterby.com. Going to filterby.com and saying, uh, I need to set up automatic delivery of my air conditioning and heating filters. This is a new idea. This is kind of like, uh, kind of like self-driving cars for filters. In other words, you go online you put in the filter size that you need. It's so easy. They've got all the sizes. And then you push enter. And your order is shipped out the next day. It's shipped free. It's at the lowest price. They're American-made filters, and they're great. And that means your heating and your air conditioning is going to run more efficiently for cheaper, and you don't have to crawl around the store. Looking, you know, in that pile of filters and go, I need the one by 25 by, is it 16 or is it 14? Save the time, save the hassle. Go to filterby.com and here's the cool thing. You can order one filter or if you've got a business that needs filters, you can order a truckload. The bigger the order, the more you're going to save, obviously, but you can save if you order to have a filter delivered every 30 days, every 60 days, whatever. Filterby.com. Give them, give them a look and test them. I placed my order. I got my filters in a day. And they're great. And now, now I'm set. I'm doing the superiority dance. Because I got my filters. Don't have to worry about it. Filterby.com. Thank you, Filterby. Uh, we have a lot going on today. I, I'm, I'm just telling you. In the, uh, in the final hour of the show, we have to get to a lot of topics. I, I can't believe that I actually, I actually agree with Nancy Pelosi on something. I know, don't, don't call the police. Don't look out in the hall to see if there's a pod in the hall and if I've been kidnapped by the body snatchers. Nancy Pelosi did something that I wish more in the GOP would do. And that's released a statement 
condemning the violence from groups like Antifa. She referenced them. She talked about Berkeley. Over the weekend, I said I, I couldn't believe we were witnessing the death of free speech, the murder of free speech on the campus of the University of California at Berkeley, the birthplace of free speech and protests in college. Pelosi's statement read, our democracy has no room for inciting violence or endangering the public, no matter the ideology of those who commit such acts. The violent actions of people calling themselves Antifa in Berkeley this weekend deserve unequivocal condemnation and the perpetrators should be arrested and prosecuted. Am am I agreeing with Nancy Pelosi? Yes, 100%. Pelosi said, in California, as across all of our great nation, we have deep reverence for the constitutional right to peaceful dissent and free speech. Nonviolence is, a, is fundamental to that right. Let us use this sad event to reaffirm that we must never fight hate with hate and to remember the values of peace, openness, and justice that represent the best of America. A bravo, Nancy Pelosi. And that's a phrase I never thought you would hear coming out of my mouth. Bravo, Nancy Pelosi. Now, I'm also going to be uh, hopeful that Pelosi, who expressed a deep reverence for the Constitution and the constitutional right to peaceful dissent and free speech, I'm, I'm kind of hoping she remembers that Constitution thing. Because I would love for her to look at that Constitution and understand that it also has rules and laws and rights like the Second Amendment that comes right after that first one, like the Fourth Amendment that, I don't know, keeps us secure in our papers and might keep the government from nosing around in our business. Nancy Pelosi, I'm going to agree with you on this one. You got the First Amendment right. Well, parts of it. The whole freedom of religion thing in there is still a little murky turf. We have a ways to go, but this is a good start. Circle this date. I agreed with Nancy Pelosi. Oh, dear God. I got to go sit down for a minute. We'll be right back. Pure Opelka. With Mike Opelka. On the Blaze Radio Network. This is Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka only on the Blaze Radio Network. It is the third hour of Pure Opelka. Welcome back. And Mike Opelka here, you there, and so much to do this hour. During the break, I was watching a report that says um, North Korea is not going to go quietly. And let's realize North Korea has fired 21 missiles during uh, 14 of the tests it has been doing uh, 
just this year, 21 missiles. And North Korea announced just during this show that, in fact, uh, they are going to target Guam. Now, it's, it's, that's their intention. They're going to target Guam. And our missile base, anti-missile base in Alaska, just ran a drill to show that we have a technology that when a missile firing is detected, an ICBM firing is detected, we can shoot that missile out of the sky. Now, this technology has been described as the equivalent of you standing at one end of a football field and someone in the end zone at the opposite end pointing a gun at you and pulling the trigger, and then you draw your gun and you shoot that bullet out of the air. Think about that. We have the technology, despite the fact that we've done actual eight, 18 actual tests of this technology, where we fired a missile and then attempted to shoot it out of the air, and, and we've, we've gotten it 10 of the 18 times. But each time we do that, we apparently have learned something so that now we're confident in the, uh, in the fact that uh, we're, we'll be able to do this 100% of the time. But the, the technology exists, and we have it, and we have it on alert in Alaska. And I'm wondering if we have it uh, in place in Guam. I'm wondering if, if at that, uh, the base that we have in Guam... Do we have that completely set? Because North Korea has flat out told us the next target is Guam. So what do we do? When can we expect a statement from the White House? I'm hoping, I'm hoping we're going to hear, we're going to hear something on this. I know we're focused on recovery in Texas, and yes, MercuryOne.org, MercuryOne.org, or use your Amazon Prime membership and. Click on the smile button and designate Mercury One. And every time you buy something, a little bit will go there. But I'm, I'm trying to get my handle on this. Uh, as North Korea says, Guam is our next target. And the president says talking is not the answer with North Korea. Now, just because the president says talking is not the answer doesn't mean we're going into North Korea with drones or planes or troops or anything of the like. Talking may not be the answer, but sanctions might. So I'm, I'm a little on edge, but I'm also hopeful that the president might be able to, uh, might be able to squeeze a little bit harder or get uh, China to squeeze a little bit harder, because ultimately it is China. China's got the responsibility here. So I'm, I'm watching this with bated breath. The president of the United States has said talking is not the answer to the problem with North Korea. And the other response, if there's a military response, I think we know that there are devastating consequences to our friends and our neighbor, their neighbors in South Korea. Oh, boy. Now, what about this kerfuffle? The one between Ted Cruz and Chris Christie. First of all, 
Did anyone follow all of the Chris Christie appearances today? Why is Chris Christie suddenly showing up in front of cameras? He's almost finished in New Jersey. He's pretty much uh, completed. He's term limited and he's about to get booted. Why is Chris Christie doing this? I might have a theory. Does anyone know? Does anyone have an idea? Can anyone tell me why Chris Christie is suddenly foisting himself upon every, every television news talk show? He was on Morning Joe this morning. I believe he then sauntered over to, uh, over to CNN. And then he wandered down to Fox. Why is Chris Christie shoving himself out there? Anyone have an idea? 888-900-3393. 888-900-3393. Share your answer. Why is Chris Christie trying to make himself relevant again? Why? I tried to get an answer from uh, Joe Scarborough this morning because I thought, I thought it was really disingenuous of... Uh, of MSNBC to have Chris Christie on the show. Chris Christie is the guy they attacked brutally over Bridgegate. Chris Christie was a guy that MSNBC had blocks of programming dedicated to trying to get Chris Christie thrown out of office over the closing of the bridge, which, based on everything I've heard, Christie didn't have anything to do with it. He hired people who did it, thinking that it would impress him. Did you like that, boss? Was that good, boss? Do we make you happy, boss? And that's the, that's the angle Christie has taken, that he didn't have anything to do with the bridge, but the people he hired did, and he wished that they didn't have anything to do with it, but he claims they did. But MSNBC spent hours on air. I, I bet you it amounts easily to hours railing against Chris Christie for Bridgegate. And then just a, a, a few short weeks ago when Chris Christie closed the beaches and then allowed himself to plop his butt down on the beach, they took after him on that. So it seemed a, a, a tad, just a tad disingenuous to me that Chris Christie was the welcome guest this morning on Morning Joe. The bridge and beach closer was honored at Morning Joe today because he would go after Ted Cruz. I just, I just think it's, it smacks of... It's a, it's a transparent agenda, Morning Joe. But this is, this is what Ted Cruz has been saying after he heard about Chris Christie going after him. And he was talking about, he was talking about the fact that so many of the members of the GOP are being excoriated because when Superstorm Sandy hit, they didn't want a bill going through to help rebuild New Jersey and the affected areas of Long Island that was laden with pork laden with a whole bunch of extra stuff, which is what Washington does. So there were a group of, of many Republicans who voted against one of the bills that would have gotten money to help Sandy, but it also was funding 
a lot of other projects. You know, I, I think it's really sad that there's some politicians that, that seem very desperate uh, to get their name in the news and, and, and are tossing around all sorts of political insults. We have people whose lives are in danger. Uh, we have people who are fleeing floodwaters and fleeing for their lives. And, and, and I wish all of us were focused on providing the help and relief to people facing a natural disaster, facing a crisis. I'm a Houstonian. Uh, I have been here this entire week at, at, at home, and my focus has been trying to help bring together and coordinate federal and state and local assets to save and preserve lives. That's Ted Cruz speaking from one of the shelters in Houston where people are filling that shelter shelter to the rafters as they're going to try and realize what the hell's happened. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of post-traumatic stress that happens after the water drains down a little bit, although we're told it'll be with us for days. But why is Chris Christie attacking specifically Ted Cruz? Why is Chris Christie sitting there on television on all three of the networks going after Ted Cruz? Does anybody have an idea? Because I, I, I kind of think I have an inkling. Do you know, anybody have a thought on why Ted Cruz? Think about it. I think I know why. 888 Why is Chris Christie suddenly a very public figure? And why is he going after the likes of Ted Cruz? I'll share my thoughts after the break, but if you want to chime in, 888-900-3393, this is Pure Opelka. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. Earlier this hour, we were talking about Ted Cruz. And we were talking about Chris Christie. And the fact that Chris Christie suddenly seems to have a problem with Ted Cruz. That Chris Christie has gone on the attack on at least three shows today where he's totally gone after Ted Cruz, calling him disgusting and what he said. Disgusting. He called him a liar on Morning Joe this morning. Yeah, he was in studio, and they were all grinning and smiling and having a good time with Ted Cruz, Mika and Joe and the crew, and they were talking about Ted Cruz and vilifying Ted Cruz. And Ted Cruz was saying, look, the reason why we didn't vote for the Superstorm Sandy allocations, the funding bill, is because it was full of other stuff. And I know there were some versions of the bill that had a bunch of pork in it. That word might offend Chris Christie. The bill was a little overweight, which also might offend Chris Christie. But I'm wondering why was Chris Christie suddenly 
energized. Chris Christie, a guy who's facing the end of his political life in uh, the governor's mansion. Why, 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 why? Why today? Why now? Why suddenly is Chris Christie deciding that it's time for him to get back in the game, as it were? His poll ratings, his, his ratings in his own state are, are lower than low. They are pretty much the lowest they've ever been. And if you ask Chris Christie, I don't care. I never cared about poll numbers. I'm just doing what I think is right for the people of New Jersey. You wouldn't get reelected today if you could, sir. But Chris Christie, why? Why, why, why? And I guess none of you are, either you don't care or, um, or you, you haven't figured it out yet. Because, see, I think I've figured it out. I think I understand why Chris Christie is suddenly trying to make himself uh, viable again, trying to make himself a talk topic. And I think it's because Chris Christie doesn't want to retire. Chris Christie doesn't want to have to go back to working for a living. He did a tryout as a sports radio talk radio host in New York City on the legendary WFAN. And he got roasted by callers who called him a fat ass and talked about him closing the beaches. And some of his answers were good, but some of it he couldn't, he couldn't hang. And I also think Chris Christie showed himself as not very likable. But I think I understand why Chris Christie is suddenly putting himself out there. And it's all about his next job. See, the Republicans would get a huge, huge win if Chris Christie was suddenly a senator from a state like, oh, I don't know, New Jersey? Wait, wait a minute, Mike. They have a senator in the state of New Jersey. Yeah, they got a couple of them. They got a couple of senators in that state. But one of them's in trouble. One of them, the ranking member of, uh, what is it, the Foreign Relations Committee, the Senate Foreign Relations Committee, Bob Menendez. He's in trouble. He's facing a trial that if he's convicted or resigns or is expelled from the Senate before January... Guess who gets to pick his replacement? The governor of the state of New Jersey, Chris Christie. The governor of the state of New Jersey would be given the right, the opportunity to pick a replacement. A short-term replacement, but nonetheless, Chris Christie could do it. It's a pretty good bet he would pick a Republican to fill that seat. If Menendez is either found guilty or resigns or for whatever reason the Senate expels him, that would give the GOP one more vote if uh, they wanted to do something like, I don't know, repeal Obamacare? 
the thing that didn't get passed by one vote, John McCain? Democrats are freaking out in New Jersey. Menendez, Menendez is is going to face a Republican effort to push him out. And they're going to try and hold it off until Christie leaves office because it's a pretty good bet that a Democratic governor is going to replace Chris Christie. The way the polls are going right now. This is a fascinating turn of events. And it's the only reason I can see why Chris Christie was suddenly, suddenly popping up all over the place. Now, here's the other weird part. Chris Christie... Chris Christie could easily appoint a really strong Republican to fit that role as senator. He could also appoint himself. Senator Christie from New Jersey? Can you imagine? Now, is the is the case against Menendez serious? Menendez is accused of, of using his power to help uh, a doctor gets some visas for his girlfriends. And this was also dealing with a dispute over some Medicare billing and uh, maybe intervening on behalf of a company owned by the doctor that had some port security contracts. The doctor who was convicted earlier this year of sticking it to taxpayers for over $105 million in one of the biggest Medicare scams ever. He made $750,000 in various campaign contributions to the Menendez campaigns. And then a few private jet flights, stays in some luxury hotels. Menendez is telling everybody, oh, these were just gifts from a friend. They weren't bribes. Menendez could easily be booted. Menendez could easily lose this case. Menendez could be out out before the end of the year, which means Chris Christie would be faced with the opportunity or the chance to appoint the replacement. Senator Christie from the state of New Jersey, would you please rise, sir? Could it happen? Am I crazy? Answer the second question first. Michael Pelka on Puro Pelka. We'll be right back. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to Pure Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Hmm. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. So much going on today. And uh, I, I have a feeling that we're about, we're about reaching the saturation point on hurricane coverage as we finish, what is this, day five? Day six? And at least we're starting to see a bunch of celebrities kick in money. Sandra Bullock tossed in a million bucks of her own. Good for you, Sandra Bullock. 
J.J. Watt's group has brought in over $5 million. And I will tell you, uh, there's some fake news on celebrity donations, too. Floyd Mayweather did not donate $200 million. If you were up early this morning, you may have seen that. I was like, wait a minute. Floyd Mayweather donated $200 million. And all you have to do, when the little hairs on the back of your neck stand up, you, you have to make sure you do your homework. Floyd Mayweather did not donate $200 million. There's no way. And it's, it's now confirmed and proven. But uh, the minute you see a website that looks like it might be pretty close to the legitimate website, it was not the Houston Chronicle that did that story. It was the Houston Chronicle-info or something bogus. It doesn't take a whole lot of time to double-check a story. Yes, I'm looking at you, Jesse Waters. I still think you're adult. The shark story. <laughs> but no, Mayweather did not donate $200 million. I'm sure he's going to break off a little bit of that that big payday he got over the weekend to, to kick in some money. But there are a lot of celebrities. I'm happy to see a lot of celebrities. And we have not seen a We Are The World type song in the making, nor have we heard any of the networks putting together a telethon. This is bigger than Katrina. I'm just going to keep saying it. It's bigger than Katrina. I just finished up my, my little rant, uh, my speculation about why I think Chris Christie is suddenly awakened from his term limit slumber, and I think he's really figured out how he can keep himself vital, and that is by, by uh, hoping that Menendez, Bob Menendez, gets booted from the Senate and he can appoint himself, much the way Blago could have and probably should have appointed himself senator in the state of Illinois when Barack Obama's seat was vacated. And it had, had Blagojevich done that, he'd probably still be in the Senate today instead of in prison. When does Blago get out? It's got to be, who would have thought that OJ would be getting out of prison before Blago? That's an interesting little spin, isn't it? Yeah. And speaking of the election and speaking of things coming up, uh, 2018 is going to be a very interesting year. A very interesting year. Uh, how do I know this? Well, we're already seeing some of the some of the potential candidates uh, teeing it up and lining up to compete for different different parties nominations. You're seeing uh, Jeff Flake looking like he's going to be primaried by Kelly Ward. And the last bit of polling shows that Kelly Ward would kick his butt right now. But in Iowa, there's a fascinating story about a congressional candidate who has been asked. And in fact, she was barred from speaking at a fundraiser for the Iowa Democratic Committee. Next month, the Polk County Democratic Party Committee said, uh, we, um, we would like Heather Ryan to stay home from the steak fry. 
Yeah, um, Heather, the other members of Congress and other candidates are going to speak, but uh, we would prefer if you just stayed home that day. She apparently got a letter from party members saying that the event, the event will be including children and has to be family friendly. Well, who is Heather Ryan? The Democrats are worried about her showing up in an event where there are going to be children and families. The note reportedly said, quote, The committee wants to make sure all people feel comfortable attending, including parents with young children. Heather Ryan um, doesn't like this. As a matter of fact, she's, she's fired right back. She teed up her Facebook account and put a video saying that she's tired of being censored. She posted on Facebook, quote, The party that tells women to sit down and shut up is not supposed to be the Democratic Party. I may not be refined, but I'm real. And then she really gave them what for, saying, The polished turds that they continue to shove down our throats as politicians are still turds. Close quote. Do you wonder why Heather Ryan was disinvited from her own party's events? Oh, what an amazing turn of events. The party is turning on itself. Yes, there are squabbles with inside each party. In the video that we can't play uh, for for a few reasons, she said the reason the local party uh, made this decision is that she recently called the Republican representative, David Young, the candidate that she hopes to challenge in 2018. She called him an a-hole, only she didn't she didn't censor it. She didn't abbreviate. Now. Heather Ryan is a Navy veteran, a businesswoman, a family woman, who says that um, she, yes, she has a penchant for profanity. But she's also a good, solid Democrat. Let me give you a, just, I, this, see, this is the kind of candidate, I remember Joni Ernst campaign videos when she talked about castrating pigs and was shooting guns. Yeah. This is the kind of stuff we need in our campaign. So I kind of feel bad that the Democrats are censoring. Now, where's the outrage? Seriously, where is the outrage if uh, if this candidate had been told by the the uh, debate committee that you need to tone it down? There would have been a gigantic outcry that who's ever behind the debate committee was censoring a woman. They were trying to stop a woman, prevent a woman from speaking her mind. But the Democrats are doing it to themselves. Heather Ryan, if she makes it through the primaries, would be a very entertaining candidate. I have a feeling. Let me give you just a a sample of one of her Heather Ryan for Congress announcements. Traditional campaign commercials make me barf. I'm Heather Ryan, and when I first started telling people that I was running for Iowa's third congressional seat, professionals told me that I need to clean up my look and stop swearing. David Young flip-flopping on universal health care, it makes him a poopy head. 
But that's not who I am. I'm a Navy veteran with a family and a small business who takes politicians to task whenever they act like morons. My political views are slightly left of Jesus, but you can see them on my website at ryanforiowa.com. But I'm especially passionate about health care for all, sensible gun reform, and subsidies for hair products. Republican Congress member David Young pretends to be Iowa nice while he sells us out to corporations. I'm not pretend Iowa nice. I'm East Des Moines scrappy and I'm ready to fight. But I can't do this alone. I need your help to win this election. Even if you prefer traditional campaign commercials, I need you too. So here you go. That's Heather Ryan. And the interesting thing there where she said she uh, she's for health care for all, sensible gun reform, and uh, support for uh, hair products. It might be because her hair is dyed flame orange. I'm just saying that might be the reason why she has chosen that. But nice to know that it's the the Democrats who are censoring a woman. I love when we can point out the juxtaprogressivism. Yeah, the Democrats are telling a woman, you can't speak like that. You have to be family friendly. Whatever happened to strong women? Whatever happened to she persisted? Hillary, Hillary talks like a truck driver, reportedly. I wonder what she has to say. Uh, more on this as it goes on. We'll be we'll be keeping our eye on Heather Ryan. I suspect she's going to be uh, quite the personality going forward. I'm stepping aside because I see the president is talking in Springfield, Missouri. He's supposed to uh, give a little plug for tax reform. Yay, tax reform! I'll give you an update on that, and we'll wrap up today's show next. You're listening to Pure Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. I love this audience. I, I love this audience. I'll tell you why in just a minute. I have to remind you about Relief Factor. I have to remind you that Relief Factor works for me and it works for so many of you. We get testimonials all the time about people who have tried all natural, botanical, wild harvested fish oil, Relief Factor. And it helped them get their life, their freedom, and, and, and just enjoyment back again. For example, Paul from Minnesota writes, I'm almost 63 years old and I love to play softball, but have been very limited in running the bases. But after taking Relief Factor for about a month, the pain in my knee is almost gone. I'm able to run the bases without pain which I was unable to do last year. I even beat out a throw to first after hitting a hard grounder. I'm very excited about this because I love softball. Paul adds, I also appreciate that I haven't experienced any side effects at all. Relief Factor was a game changer for me tonight. You know what, Paul? I have the same story. I was unable to get out and get active until April when I started taking Relief Factor. And what it's done, 
because of those botanicals and the fish oil, wild harvested fish oil, really important, they work with your body to reduce the inflammation in the joints, in my case, in the knees and the hips and the lower back. On the eighth day of taking it, it started working for me. For most people, it's seven to 10 days. And I still take it three times a day. I ordered the quick start pack, the three-week quick start pack. It's $19.95. If you have pain in your joints and you want to try a natural solution that can reduce the inflammation, which reduces the pain, over a million three-week quick start packs have been sold. Check it out. Go to relieffactor.com or call them at 800-500-8384. 800-500-8384. It's Relief Factor. Get your life back like Paul did, like I did. Relieffactor.com. Before we went away, we were talking about this um, Democratic congressional candidate from Iowa, Heather Ryan, who's been put in the timeout chair. She's on the discipline couch. The Democrats' discipline couch because she's a potty mouth. They told her she can't come and speak at the fundraiser because, well, let me play you a little, just a little bit of what she said on her own Facebook post about the treatment she got from her own party. I may not be refined, but I'm real. The polished turds that they continue to shove down our throat as politicians are still turds. So here's the- <laughs> I'm worried about playing anymore <laughs> because at the beginning of her Facebook post, it says naughty language warning. The following contains a hole, three references, nuts. And then in parentheses, male genitalia, one reference, turd, two references. If you have a sensitivity to this naughty language, Please refrain from further viewing. Heather Ryan from Iowa. I hope, I hope it's a reliably red district, so I don't think you have a chance in hell. But I hope you get the nomination because I think your commercials would be just a hoot. Uh, We didn't get to everything today. I did not get to the migrant jungle. And that's in quotes, the migrant jungle that's developing in Europe. We also didn't get to talk about the state that's considering giving people the option to put gender X on their licenses. I'm not kidding. I'm absolutely not kidding. But uh, and, and then there are new worries about the bridges and roads that are sitting underwater for all these weeks now in Houston or a week and going forward. It'll be another week or two of what that water's going to do to the infrastructure, to the roads and the bridges and the integrity. Very serious stuff. So we'll dive into that tomorrow, as well as um, the supermarket guru, Phil Lempert, joins us again, a regular weekly now. He, he loves this show. He loves you guys. But again, thank you for su- supporting uh, MercuryOne.org, MercuryONE.org. If you can skip a lunch and give that money. That would be a great thing. Uh, And also a huge thank you from the pajamaprogram.org. The ladies from the pajama program were in tears with your generosity. Little kids are going to have jammies to sleep in. They're sleeping in shelters, but they got new pajamas because of you. 
We'll see you tomorrow. Testudo, my friends. Testudo. This is Pure Pelka with Mike Pelka on the Blaze Radio Network.